Teams, Earth Rings. We have now taken over your radio. Hello and welcome in to the Jayhawk Talk Radio on Sports Radio 810 WHB and now also coming to you in Wichita, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. I'm Kevin Meckley, joined as always by Andrew Payne. We got Dylan Michaels behind the glass again. What's up, Dylan? Andrew, before we get started here, I got to say to all the basketball fans out there, Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays. We made it to March. Happy holidays, Kevin. This is the high holidays for all uh, college basketball fans out there. March officially designates the beginning of all things tournaments. Some conference tournaments even started today. Mm. Some of these smaller conferences, if you're interested in, you know, teams getting eliminated, you know, these teams we wouldn't even care about, but they're on TV. Maybe there's a buzzer beater. These are the things that we're waiting for on these important days. And today's just the beginning. It was nice outside today, Kevin. This is Feels like the March. perfect holiday start to the year. And I'm excited. I'm excited right now. Things change. It's it's a, an emotional holiday sure. season. But that's what it's all about. I, I feel like we are missing one thing. There There is one holiday song that we know that is tied to March Madness. And obviously, it's the the CBS themes like that. That that is like, you know, jingle bells for for the holidays. But I feel like we need a couple more. We need more. We need more March songs. More to, to March songs like commemorate the, uh, the 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 holiday season that we're in. I'm going to work on this. this I'm going to take this. You away can work from on show. that. I'm going to work on this. You can either do a new song or you can add words to the CBS song. Oh, that could be a thing. Yeah, add words to it. Or no, we can all, we can carol. We can carol together like and that. sing the song. I could take Christmas carols and turn them into March Madness theme. Okay, this is that the this is the tag or the the tease for you to turn it tune in next week. <laughs> tune in next week, and you can hear the it's the most uh, wonderful time of the year. Most folks. wonderful time of the year, but it is also very wonderful for the Kansas Jayhawks because they are. Once again, the Big 12 champions of the regular season, or at least that they've received a share of it. There's, there's uh, some. They had some, hats. They, they, had, they, they had shirts. They were selling $30 T-shirts at Allen Fieldhouse. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is official. It's so official. we're going to talk a lot about that in the first hour. We're going to talk about the Big 12 regular season champions, the Kansas Jayhawks. We're going to talk about senior night. Senior night was last night, Kevin. Uh, some Some you know, big speeches. Some some tears were shed last night. We're going to talk about some Big 12 awards, Allen Fieldhouse renovations what? potentially. What? And in the second hour, we're going to talk about the big tournament, mm. some recipes for some postseason success, what the recipe is for some failure, and then we're going to close out with something special. We're going to close out with a fans-only meeting kevin okay. this is this is important this is important for all of you fans who are listening this is that won't be for the coaches that won't be for the players that will only be for you folks listening. lock the home. doors lock yeah, the doors keep everyone else out but but first let's talk about this big 12 championship andrew i was at the game you were at the game uh this was of course the final home game the senior night game a little bit of nerves in the air mm. Just a few nerves in the air. You saw it. Both teams. Some uh, anxiety, some buzz. Texas Tech uh, had three or four of the worst air balls I've ever seen in, in one half. Uh, 
go up. They were tight. Uh, obviously, we were tight. Grady was real tight. Nobody could make a shot. Yet, you know, it doesn't matter in the end. Kansas comes away with a victory in Allen Fieldhouse. A close one. A little closer for the, maybe what people wanted. A little close for comfort. But came away. All that matters is the trophies ended up on the middle of Allen Fieldhouse floor. And Kansas is once again at least a share feeling pretty good about having a Big 12 championship in a year, Andrew, that and Bill Self said this in the uh, on the court with the with the microphone while he's playing MC. He says this is the toughest league we've had in a long time, maybe the toughest in 20 years that's existed. He said Dick Vitale told him that the toughest that has existed in 20 years, Kansas remains champion despite all that despite losing 75 percent of your scoring despite losing three out of five starters two first round draft picks they reload they figure it out and they put it together so andrew if you are a a kansas fan out there if you're listening hey congrats on being a champion again congrats to to everyone who uh, roots for these jayhawks we kind of get used to these things as fans but this one, I think, was especially important. It was a, a year that this was not necessarily expected. Baylor, I think, was projected to win or picked to win this league. And it was close. I think by, by a coach's vote, it was, it was five to four or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was close. But, I mean, it wasn't necessarily uh, like some of these other years where we ran, ran away with it. I mean, it was a battle. And, and getting back to your Dick Vitale point, uh, you know, I think that this conference this season deserves to be held up there with, you know, some of those old Big East seasons sure. or some of those, you know, maybe 20 years ago, 25 years ago, ACC seasons. It's that good. And, and I think it really comes down to this this conference needs to have a good march. I think it if, does. We, if we and I've that's not a lot about that. That's, that's if, if this if, if these teams kind of flail in March and maybe one or two get through to the Sweet 16. It's going to be unmemorable. No one will think about it. I don't think that's the case. I think these teams are great, and we'll see a lot of them in the second weekend. Think of how many two seeds this the the Big Twelve could have. Three. They could have three two seeds, or two and <laughs> or two one seeds. Two, two and two one. It's seeds. all up there. It's very possible. I mean, it's very very possible. Somebody today I was talking, listening to was saying K State has a chance to be a one seed if they win out. How about that? I buy it. It's possible. There were, I think they would they need, need help. some help, yeah, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think they've got some some a path is set for them to okay. potentially do that. But I want to talk a little bit about this Big 12 championship in context and, and talk about Bill Self. Bill Self has won the Big 12 in 17 out of 20 years at Kansas. That is is a statistic that will never be matched. Never. Do you know how many conference titles Coach K won in 42 years? Tell me. It's 13. 13! Wow. And and Bill Self has 22 more seasons to go to match any kind of uh, Coach K uh, longevity. And I think this is one of the most important statistics of all. We finally got back to 500 on this statistic. You know what I'm, st- you know what I'm talking Please about? Please tell me. This is this is one of the most impressive statistics. We're back to 500 on this, and this is home losses versus league championships. Oh, yes, yes. We're back to even, back to 500 <laughs> at 17 and 17. So we have 17 league titles under Bill Self and 17 That's home crazy. losses. We did the, Jay- the Jayhawks did lose that game to TCU this year, so we we got it back. Hey, you got it back. Uh, one other crazy one. 
125 years of Kansas basketball. 116 of those, we've been in the conference. The Jayhawks have been in a conference. And the Jayhawks have won a conference title in 64 of those seasons. At a, that's a 55% clip. It's pretty good. It's basically a K.J. Adams jumper. <laughs> <laughs> jumper or basket? Basket. Yeah, he's a little higher than that. But you're, you know, Close it's, enough. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So uh, this team deserves all the accolades it can get for winning this title. I think the Big 12 tournament's going to be even crazier. Yeah. I think that there's potential for, for tons of unex, unexpected events. Like Oklahoma could win. Oklahoma could win this thing. It's wild. I, I got one more for you. In the post game, Greg Gurley was asking Bill Self about that 17 of 20 reference. I don't know if you heard this, Andrew. He goes, uh, uh, something like, hey, has it sunk in that you've won 17 league titles in 20 years? And Bill, in like the only way he knows how to answer a question like that, goes, yeah, uh, uh, but we really jacked around a couple of those years, those off years when we lost. <laughs> like, that was all he said. Like, he's that, not, uh, that is like the most Bill Self answer ever. First of all, for, like, put some levity around it. Second, defers. And third, cracks a joke. And also fourth, really what he means is, I'm mad we didn't win those other three. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a man who's mad that he's not gone 20 for 20 in his career. Let's talk about a couple of those. First year is the one he didn't did, didn't get. Now, first year, Wayne Simeon got hurt, and Oklahoma State oh, yeah. ended up winning. So that's right. let's, let's, let's kind of, you know, it, things could have been different. Could have been different. And then the other two have been more recently. It's been 2019 and then 2021. COVID. COVID doesn't count. Doesn't count. COVID doesn't count. Baylor won that because they were good. They won the national they championship. Whatever. They, whatever. But, but they, like, missed half their season because they didn't play games because of COVID. So that's a weird one, too. Uh, so we'll just we'll, we'll wait and see on that. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. We want to we get to senior night, Kevin. Yes. And so we are going to send up the two seniors who gave speeches last night, Kevin McCuller and Jalen Wilson, on the other side, right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB and ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Welcome back in to Jayhawk Talk Radio, Sports Radio 810 WHB, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Andrew, we had senior night last night. We had two seniors that were recognized. Of course, there were like six more who could have been recognized. Lots of guys graduating this year who, because of COVID or redshirt or whatever else, will be expected back. But two guys who undeniably will probably not be back. And that is Kevin McCuller, Jalen Wilson. I would love to talk a little bit about each one of these guys. We can do so in the context of both their senior speech, both of them a little different. We're not going to drop the audio. You can go listen to those, but we'll give you the, the Cliff's Notes version. And then their legacy as a career in Kansas as well. And obviously some of that legacy, Andrew, is still being written uh, as we uh, as we march through March here. But... Why don't you why don't you kick it off on our guy Kevin McCuller? Kevin McCuller needed to have a good night on Tuesday. If you think back, this is a guy who transferred from Texas Tech, goes down to Lubbock this season, 
and, and, and doesn't have a great game. I think Ooh, that's fair to say. Lots of booze. I think that's fair to say. I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough to play in Lubbock anyway, but it's probably <laughs> even tougher if you're there's quote unquote like star player who's transferred away to Kansas to the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah. So that was that was a struggle down there in Lubbock. So he needed to kind of get right. That was a get right game for him, and he delivered last night. That was a biggest play of the game. Biggest play made of the, year. the probably and, and it was a crazy thing to think about. The clock was at 24 seconds. We were up by one. If West Virginia gets that ball, they just need a, a bucket to, to go up and win the game. And it's a scrum. And, and that's really who Kevin McCullough is. Kevin McCullough is the guy who, when there's a scrum, he can make a play. When there's a 50-50 ball, it's going to be above 50-50 on our, our end. Garbage man. Garbage man. Extra effort. The guy who's going to give you the extra effort to get that bucket. What a great bucket. I mean, it was not the prettiest thing, but the ball went in the hole when it, it needed was to. Gorgeous. It was, it was, <laughs> it was a thing of beautiful. Beauty. And so that was good to have him to have that because that was basically the prototy- prototypical game for him as a Kansas Jayhawk player. And I just want to say, like, if we're going to be successful in March, it's just going to have to be that way the rest of the way. He's going to – I think he should take threes when they're open. I think he should drive. I mean, I think he's best offensively when he's working within the offense and, and cutting to the hole and getting getting assists from Dwan or getting assists from whoever has got the ball down low. He's yeah. got he gotten so many easy buckets that way. He either gets fouled just or, smart. or goes just in. Being just smart. smart yeah. play. Just being smarter than everyone on the court. And on the defensive side, I'm not worried about him at all. I want him to go attack. Uh, but I, I think from a program perspective, Kevin McCullough's legacy, I think it's a test case for Kansas being the premier transfer destination hmm. for folks of his caliber. I mean, he was probably he was a top five transfer last year. We learn about that in April. Like, oh, Kevin McCullough is trying to leave Texas Tech. You don't think these intra-conference transfer things really work. Uh, they haven't in the past, but it, it sort of happened quite a bit last year. You saw, you know, uh, Tyrese Hunter go yeah. to Texas. You saw some some Texas to one. West Virginia movement, and then you saw McCullough come to Kansas, and it's really worked out for him. He is Kevin McCullough is the embodiment of Bill Self's philosophy. If you compete, you play defense. <laughs> Bill Self will give you his most coveted label. Do you What's know what that? that is? No, tell me. Bill Self's dog. Dog, uh, close, 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 stud. Oh, yeah, those are two Stud. Good if he calls you a stud, and I think Kevin McCuller has earned being called a stud. <laughs> so that's that's what I think Kevin McCuller's legacy. It's a short one year. Yeah. I mean, we just really learned about his game in November <laughs> in terms of him playing with this team. And, you know, it's March Mar- March 2nd, and uh, it, it's, it feels like it's just been a couple weeks. But – We've, we've seen a lot of these games, and we've got a lot to go. If he can have a successful March, sure. he can go down as an incredibly memorable, memorable Jayhawk. Absolutely. I've really come around to Kevin. I had early on some frustrations with Kevin, even midseason some frustrations with Kevin, because I wanted him to be what he is. And sometimes it felt like he was trying to hunt for his shot and things like that. And, uh, and, and when he started just, uh, to your point, just playing within himself, playing within the offense, being a little bit more aggressive and in, in, in trying to make defense turn into offense, play smart, get those garbage buckets that you mentioned. Like, it's kind of a little bit what we wanted from Jalen last year. He's turned into, like, the 2.0 version. And, Andrew, like, 
I, I love the guy now. Like, I, he will always be a Jayhawk to me in every single way. And the, to come in in one year and do that, like, there's not many examples over the course of time that Kansas can point to that. One year, like, rent-a-player, you know. But it, this wasn't a rent-a-player. This was a fill a very necessary hole on this team and come in and just do do the work. And Bill Self has lauded him so much on all sorts of things. But especially, I mean, he compares him to Marcus Garrett every time he talks about his defense. I never thought we'd see another guy like Marcus Garrett and Kevin McCuller is that. Like, you talk about high praise, man. That is as high as it gets along with stud. Stud. <laughs> along with stud. Stud. Speaking of another stud, the other senior to give a speech last night, little guy, little known player named Jalen Wilson. Gave, yeah. a, gave a great speech last night. Long speech. L- long speech. I think when they aren't prepared, they go longer. Mm-hmm. I think when they're prepared and they're told that you have five minutes, they, they, they kind of keep it condensed. Yeah. But maybe it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I enjoyed it. There was a nice little video beforehand. Uh, very, very good speech from a you know four-year player. He was hurt in his first year. But this is a guy, uh, as opposed to Kevin McCuller, we've seen this guy for a long time. Yeah, one of those improve every single year guys under – under the, the 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 Bill Self program, I, I will say this, Andrew, and I don't, uh, you know, I'm usually not over the top on praise and things like this, but you kind of catch things from Self, and he is not, he's not a recency bias guy. He does not overly praise certain players and like put them on the pantheon just because of whatever. He'll say nice things about everybody, but when you start hearing him say things like, you know, this guy is unmatched in my career in terms of competitor. I mean, he, he says he's in the top one or two he's ever coached in terms of competitor. Again, that is that is about as high as it gets for Bill Self. I will argue this, Andrew. I think that it's, it's almost safe to say at this point that he is on the all-self first team. Wow. Now, not necessarily all, not necessarily competition level, like his skill set. He even said yesterday he's not the – he can't jump the highest. He doesn't have the best offensive one-on-one game. But in terms of competitor, he wants you on that team. And, like, all at least all Bill Self competitor team, first team, no doubt. You know, but <laughs> someday I want to have a chance to sit down with Bill Self. I do too. Sit across <laughs> from him, and I want to say, I want you to give me the all first team Bill Self team. Yeah. And I bet it's going to all be defenders. Yeah. And they're, they probably win games like 20 to 15. It's like Landon Lucas, <laughs> like, you know, and he would just love I mean, it. Like, hey, on that team. We only give up 15 points tonight. Marcus scary. Yeah. Like that's that. And I would be curious to what, what he has to say. So but, uh, you know, I agree with that. I, this is a guy who he's, I don't know if he's beyond the all first team bill self team, but he's definitely going to be a first team all American this year. How about that? And that's that obviously with that, that puts his Jersey in the rafters, Andrew, he will be remembered for all time. He obviously still has a chance to do what Ochai did. And in our, and you could even argue, do the path that Ochai did, which was you could have been drafted, but you came back to be the leader. He came back to be the leader. In some ways, he's done it better than Ochai. You look at the numbers. You look at some different things. I mean, first-team All-American, he is locked into it. Obviously, he was right on the cusp of National Player of the Year at one point. But he obviously has a chance to go down, not not in Ochai territory, but better than Ochai. Because Ochai did one thing. He helped lead the team to the, to the tournament. But he wasn't great in the NCAA tournament, Andrew. He wasn't in that postseason. Other guys stepped up at the right time, 
We had David step up. We had Remy step up. But Jalen has a chance to really, like he did in that game against Texas Tech, will the team to victory, be that competitor. When something's going wrong, he goes and gets you a bucket. That is the legacy that he still has a chance to write. I can't wait to see if he does it. I love what I've seen from him lately. He seems like he's got he's playing free, he's carefree, he's got he knows exactly who he is. And that is a that's a good thing to have going into the tournament. So an unquestioned leader of the team. Yeah, not even They're going to look to him. There's, it's there's Jalen and the somethings, right? right? We talked about this earlier. It's Jalen and the somethings. Well, part of that somethings is another guy who did not give a speech last night but likely played his last game at Allen Fieldhouse, and that is, of course, Grady Dick. Grady Dick did not have the best offensive game <laughs> last night. He did close the game out strong with four free throws, four free throws that were absolutely Huge. needed. Huge. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, arguably his worst offensive game of the season, maybe a little tight, maybe he knew that might have been his last game. I wish I didn't play great last year in his senior night game either. No, he did not. Uh, but uh, Grady Dick played incredibly defensively. He had two early blocks that were you know outstanding, and I think he played great defense. He had great rebounds. This is a guy who, at the beginning of the season, could only score. At the end of the season, has really put it all together. And that's why when he's being mock-drafted, no longer around the 15s, no longer around the 12s. He's kind of reached that top 10 level, Kevin. How about that? Yeah, I I wanted to see a better game from Grady. I felt bad almost that he was you know kind of going out like that. But to your point, he was one of the better players on the court on defense, Andrew. He was all over the place. I mean, that that is the full player development we've seen from him. Now, 0 for 5 from 3, only the first time. I think the first time this year he hasn't made a 3 in a game where he didn't shoot one. So, oh, obviously, we want to turn that around. Get all these misses out now. It's time just, to just everybody get, get them out of out. your system. Get shake out of your out. system. It's March now. It's time to turn that back on, Grady. We're going to need you, brother. We're going to need you. But uh, are you agreeing with me that that was likely his last game yes. at Allen Field? 98% House. sure. 99% sure. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's been a pleasure to watch all three of these gentlemen play for this team. And we're not done. We've got a lot more to go, just not in Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, a couple things that we want to talk about uh, on the other side is that the uh, Kansas City's premier event of the year not Super Bowl parades, <laughs> not concerts. The premier event of the year, the Big 12 tournament starts next week. And could this tournament be even better than the regular season? Coming up next on Jayhawk Talk Radio on Sports Radio 810 WHB and ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Jayhawk Talk Radio, Sports Radio 810 WHB, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Andrew, don't forget about them down in Wichita. Andrew, we got the Big 12 tournament coming up. And I don't know about you, man, but when we talk about happy holidays, like this feels like Christmas Eve to me. You have everything that gets you excited about Christmas 
like culminates on Christmas Eve, right? And like right before you know you go to bed, you put those cookies out. That is Selection Sunday. <laughs> and then you know Santa's showing up. That's the tournament. Like that. Right now we are in the we're in the build up phase. We're in the make sure you finish up your your, your shopping. We're in the the everybody's listening to the Christmas carols in your car. This is the point right now, Andrew. We are approaching the Big 12 tournament. Feels like Christmas Eve, especially in Kansas City. Are you saying that Kansas City is the North Pole? Where's, I don't, don't worry. Don't, yeah, don't let's just sure. say can, for for next week, Kansas City will be the North Pole. It will be the center of the universe for college basketball. Then it'll <laughs> separate a little bit. But if you want to be anywhere for college basketball next week, it's in Kansas. It City. is in Kansas. Like you, if you're the national media, where do you want to go? Like, what, what conference tournament do you want to get assigned to? It's this one. It's this one. Have some barbecue. Absolutely. Have some fun. Watch it, some great basketball. It is this tournament. Andrew, you and I will both be there. We will not miss this under any circumstances. We're not missing Christmas Eve. No, and this tournament is, is a little bit special. Well, it's incredibly special. This is probably the last time that it will look like this. Aww. This perfect 10-team conference with a double round or the round robin, home and away, and then you all meet in Kansas City to s- decide it in the, for the for the actual seat into the, uh, the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. It's perfect. It's, it's going to be different next year. Next year, we're going to have four more teams. It's more basketball. We have 14 teams in this conference. The next year, we're back to 12. OU and Texas are gone. Whole new dynamic. So we're going to have to get used to that. It's still going to be great. It's still going to be the center of the universe for college basketball. Just going to be different. So this is the last year where it's going to have this this special aura to it. Yeah, I I, I don't want to talk about any of that because that gets me. I just don't know what to feel about all that stuff. I mean, whatever. It'll be interesting when we get there. It'll give us lots of off-season talk. Andrew, to your point, though, this does feel extra special. It's the last one. And we have... Again, in Kansas City, we got us a new Big 12 commissioner, <laughs> Mr. Brett Yormark. Uh, tell me about Mr. Yormark. Tell the people at home well, about Mr. Yormark. It's not Santa Claus coming to town. <laughs> Fat Joe's coming to oh, town. Oh, no. <laughs> Fat Joe's. So, Brett Yormark is trying to catch the Big 12 up, trying to modernize it a little bit. And I, he, he's a former executive with, with Rockefeller, with Jay-Z. So he's right, your mark is, not Fat Joe. No, Fat Joe, well, but you can sort of see where we're going here, uh-huh. is that it's going to be some performances after the games uh, next next week. I like that. And so we've got Fat Joe coming to town, not Santa Claus. We've got Shaq's coming back. As you remember, Shaq performed at Allen Fieldhouse Shaq for uh, Late Night in the Fog. Shaq and so Shaq's back, and then Jordan Sparks, American Idol fame sure. will also be uh, in in town performing. So he's trying to make it more of a of a performance, more of a whole society event, not you, just basketball. Before you go any further, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about turning this into like concert venue feel? I, I was unsure about it, but then I got to thinking there would be nothing better. Then walking out of victory, walking straight over and seeing Fat Joe perform. <laughs> but if we lose, I'm probably not going to go. But it's like I would really enjoy a Fat Joe concert after a win. I want Fat Joe in a Grady Dick like uh, uniform. Oh yeah, just just oh man, how how great would that be? I I'm into this only only if Fat Joe puts on a Grady Dick uniform. Like that's the only way I'm in. 
Yeah, I think he could do it. And and Mr. Mr. Mark also is he's gone to a level where I'm not quite sure I understand. It's 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 pretty Gen Z to me. Okay. That he's he's pushing the so so Fat Joe I get. Yeah. Of my yeah, he's been around. Yeah. of my generation. The Shaq next thing you could check. Uh, I'm gonna uh, yeah yeah. But this next thing I'm gonna read to you. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you if this makes any sense to you. Okay. This is from the press release that came out yesterday regarding the changes to the Big Twelve tournament and all of the fanfare around it. Quote: The Big Twelve conference and a bathing ape (parentheses B A P E or Bape) will expand their partnership during this year's basketball championships. This collaboration will see the conference and BAPE create a limited edition BAPE plus BAPE or Big 12 plus BAPE t-shirt that features each school's logo circling the BAPE insignia. I don't know what that means. I have no earthly idea what you just said. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that, does this like officially make me old? Like I don't, I don't feel old most of the time, but Man. when you start talking about whatever it is that you just said, I, I honestly, if you went and polled like, most people listening to this, I I think they're going. I don't know what he just said, yeah, but you I go th- pull people on campus. You know, they might know what you said. Is that is that what I'm supposed uh, to understand? Probably. Here? I mean, using context clues, I'm assuming this is a <laughs> clothing brand, but okay. I don't know what that means. Uh, and I, I, it seems like it's a big deal. So, Brett, you do you. Whatever, Brett. Let's you see it. you do you. I'll judge it once I see it. And I will. I'll, I'll be willing to have an open mind about the about the bape. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I want to talk about the actual basketball. Okay. For, for, for a second. I like that. Uh, I, I think let's talk about the other schools, not not necessarily Kansas right now. And I think out of the Kansas specific storylines, I think that ultimately this is just a super competitive tournament where anyone can win. I think if you're looking at the betting lines, they're all going to be super close. Yeah. Even the highest seed versus the lowest seed will be super close. And I think that ultimately this is going to be seen as the capstone to one of the most competitive and best conference regular seasons season we've seen in years. No, and, and this is why I say that. No one in the conference is coming into this tournament just wanting to get the season over with. Usually we have yeah, one yeah. or two or three of those. The bottom four teams – that are coming in who are going to play on Wednesday night. Tournament quality. They're all tournament quality, and they're hungry. Yeah. They know that they need a win. Yeah. And if they get a couple wins, they can maybe make some moves uh, the rest of the Think rest of, of March. how good those first opening day games are going to be. Like, they're going to be better than, like, the semifinal of the ACC. Anybody, anywhere else. Like, they're going to be great. Those games are going to be awesome. Like, must-see TV. Like, must-be-there basketball. I can't wait for that, Andrew. Like, anything can happen, right? Anything can happen in this. You could convince me of any storybook ending to this thing. And I got an idea, Andrew. Okay. You know, I'm a big Wayne's World guy. Mm. Now, now, if you go pull everyone on the campus at the University of Kansas, I don't know if they all know Wayne's World, but a lot of you will know the sound that I'm about to make. Where you go? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Of at course. the end of Wayne's World, a classic movie, they decide to give you different endings to the movie and then ultimately settle on the right one. So we're going to give you a couple different endings to how this could, this big 12 tournament could go down again. Must see television. This thing could turn into a movie. I got one real fast. I'm going to do these quick. Go quick. Texas tech wins at the end. Texas tech wins the whole tournament at the end. It's a Scooby-Doo. They take Mark Adams face off and it's Pat Knight. 
Oh, Pat Knight. Oh, he's That's like, like uh, my, you might, I might go where. Chris Beard no, no. or no, you went Pat Knight. I went Pat Knight. All right, I like that. I like it's been me the whole time. It's been me the whole time. It's been yeah. me the you whole time. You now. Look you at guys us. got rid yeah. of me, yep. and yep. now look at it. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go. What to do this? All right, we're gonna go the uh, mess with Texas. Okay, this is the mess with Texas scenario. No Texas team wins. We're gonna have all KU, all K State, no Baylor, no Texas, no Texas Tech, no TCU. They're not getting anywhere. This is a. This is a. We're, we're moving the the center of gravity of this conference to the north. I like that. Okay, here's one. We got West Virginia. We got Kansas in the finals. We got Huggins v. Self. You know, they're, they're buddies, too. I don't think that can happen, but let's, let's go with it. We're just going to go yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you, you think it happened. You struggle with brackets. Uh, look, listen, <laughs> it's not over yet. I don't know. I don't think it happened. Anyway, whatever. This is what has happened. Okay. Someone has been dropped out of the tournament, and somehow it ends up Huggins v. Self. It could happen, Andrew. And at the end, it goes like six overtimes. And you know what happens when, when Bob Huggins beats Kansas, don't you? He gets a bonus. $25,000 bonus. They both look at each other. They're both tired. Huggins looks real tired. And Bill goes up to the refs and goes, we're going to call it a draw. Because he doesn't want to make sure. He wants to, he wants to, it, to get that $12,500 check. Oh. <laughs> we're going to call it a draw. Well, is that what's in the contract? I, I, I was imagining you were going to say something like they were going to like split the pot in a poker split game. The pot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. They split the pot. Or, or, or Bill tries to get some of that action. Like, I, I want some of your bonus if I'm going <laughs> to let this happen. I don't want that to happen. I do not want six overtime games no going into March. You know, there's a, a theory out there that maybe you kind of rest your guys during the mm. tournament. We have uh, won two national titles, uh, the Jayhawks have, with winning the mm-hmm. Big 12 tournament. So this is maybe something leading up to it. Uh, I'm going to do one more. Okay. This is all revenge, all getting things cleared up. This is this is a reckoning. This mm. is taking care of all unfinished business, and that is taking care. Let's let's say we get matched up with K State. Sure, we have a rubber match there. We have a matchup with maybe Baylor on the other side. Okay. Rubber match there, potentially with Texas. Don't know what's going to happen on Saturday, but this is. Let's leave no doubt that the Jayhawks are the. Outright champions of the Big 12. That's I like what, that. That's what I'm rooting for. And, you know, there's another old trope out there. Hard to beat a team three times. Ooh. So you don't want to play those teams we played. T- we already beat twice, do you? No, no. And, that's and, perfect. Hey, I like your ending, Andrew. I, I, I do, too. And then, potentially. I do like the Pat Knight one, though, if we're being yeah, honest. Yeah, well, that's the best one. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if the Texas Tech Red Raiders were to win the Big 12 tournament, you know, might as well – have a Scooby-Doo ending. Yeah. Right. Might as well. I want to get 10 teams in the tournament. How, However it shakes out to get 10 teams in the tournament, I will sign up for that right now. Yeah, I want Oklahoma to go far. I want Texas Tech to, to go far. Not at, all, at the Jayhawks' expense, but wouldn't that be great be if, if, if this – it would be the capstone to a magical Big 12 season if we got as many as possible. But, Kevin, after the break, we're going to discuss something that's, that's near and dear to our hearts, and that's Allen Fieldhouse. And they recently announced some renovations to the field house. And we're going to ask the question, what exactly can you do to improve a place that is already the best? Up next on Jayhawk Talk Radio on Sports Radio 810 WHB and ESPN Wichita 
WHB, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Andrew, we heard definitively from the man, Mr. Bill Self, on Hawk Talk on Monday that renovations are indeed coming to Allen Fieldhouse this offseason. And indicated changes are coming both inside, outside, fan experience, all sorts of changes Mm, that could be... Pretty interesting. It sounds like not just little things here. We're not talking about little tweaks, maybe a new new scoreboard in the corner. It sounds like significant potential changes coming to what you know today as Allen Fieldhouse. Now, Andrew, I know the people involved are smarter than to mess with the soul of Allen Fieldhouse. What what makes Allen Fieldhouse Allen Fieldhouse? They would never do anything too crazy right i fear change i fear change too i'm terrified by this i'm absolutely mortified when this came out and they didn't they weren't like outright clear what's gonna happen it made me even more scared it's almost like they're trickling out like hey 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 little test run we're gonna make the change dry run and then like like, drop out and they leave the room like wait wait wait, what you're doing what (laughs) like (laughs) hey we're just testing you like behind the glass they're all watching you like scientists are writing stuff down like they i am worried about this i'll be honest i i don't think that the people involved will do anything too stupid but it just there are some things you just don't mess with right soft introduction trying to you know get what our reaction is and we're going to give them our reaction but we don't know anything i mean so our reaction for me personally very skeptical (laughs) very cautious Mm -hmm. i i don't want them to change much of anything i have a couple things and we're going to get to that i mean i'll give you sort of a story i heard from this season is that you know we scheduled a home and home with indiana sure a lot of indiana fans that's a good game came to the field house yeah it's a great game and uh they were envious i mean i think that a lot of people went back to to bloomington were like this is a great college experience a uh, great game day experience uh, for collegiate athletics. And they said, you know, uh, Assembly Hall is, you know, regarded as one of the best places to watch as well. So we're, we're competing with the likes of Cameron Indoor and Assembly Hall and, and Hinkle Fieldhouse. Places like that, these are the people places people travel to. Sure. And if they're thinking that, then obviously we are already up there. I mean, we knew that, but we are pretty proud of what we have. So when you introduce change, get a little nervous. A little nervous. A little nervous. But I think that they've had a pretty good track record in the last 20 years. I just want to give you a run-through of the history. And you're going to lament a little bit, but you're going to recognize along the way that it was probably necessary. 2005, new video board. Yeah. Remember the old one? Well. We love the old one. I miss the old one we sometimes. love yeah, the yeah. old one, but yeah, yeah. You, you would, <laughs> if the old one was still there, it would be probably be a problem. Yeah. Right? I guess so. It's it's a nostalgia thing for it's you. It's a nostalgia thing. Uh, it was important. Uh, in 2005, also got a new court. JX got a new court. It's very nice. And also, uh, they introduced the Booth Family Hall of Athletics. And that's the, the Hall of Fame, or sure. that, that, the museum very cool. thing. It, it's very cool. But I remember thinking in the moment... Like it's gonna screw up how the front of Allen Fieldhouse looks, and it did. And now I don't mind it. It you looks like it blends it. in. Yeah, you get you, get, you get used to it. You get used to a lot of these things. Two thousand nine, indoor practice court. 
necessary. Sure. No sure. problem with that. Yeah. New locker rooms, lounges, Great. offices. All day do that stuff. Lots of concourse stuff that they changed. Fine. Necessary restroom upgrades happened at that point. 2016, you had the DeBruce Center with all the original rules. You skipped right over the restroom upgrades. Remember the troughs? Oh, man. <laughs> remember, remember the troughs? Yeah. So I think that, by and large, if if they stick with the program here, what uh-huh. I've just described, I, I do put my, my faith and trust yeah. in them doing the right thing. But I'm still nervous. I'm nervous, too. We've heard some things. I don't know what's real, what's not. There's been rumors. But, Andrew, one thing we do know is that NIL is here. And NIL creates a little bit of a void because you have a lot of big givers. The big people who give the most money to the the program are now being asked by two different people to give money. The university and the athletics department and now NIL. And to have good players, you need NIL so those boosters know they have to put some money there. So the, the field house, you know, the university is looking at themselves and going, what's the thing we have on this campus that can generate more revenue? Well, Andrew, the one thing we have that no one else has is Allen Fieldhouse. And so you start thinking, hmm, are there some ways we can use Allen Fieldhouse to generate more revenue? And if you start thinking like that, that's when I get nervous. Because the things that you would do to do that mean – more corporate stuff mean more, you know, potential places to put ads mean things that probably make Allen Fieldhouse feel a little different. And to build things in Allen Fieldhouse, if it's a suite, if it's a corporate corner, if it's a bar in Allen Fieldhouse, if it's a hot tub in the top, all those things take seats away from Allen Fieldhouse from people who are yelling. And I don't love you could yell from a hot tub. I'm talking about the people who have the <laughs> money to go to the things. They'll clap politely. This yes, is what they do. You're right. It, it's when you do take away the seats from the f- people who yell the loudest. Maybe they can't afford it anymore. Maybe they can't sit in those, you know, upper corners. I mean, that upper corners have always kind of been, you know, maybe next on the chopping block in sure. terms of how people are thinking about it. But there's a probably, you know, on the positive side, some opportunities. Uh, let's talk about maybe some of our, our wish lists of, and maybe we can work with the university here yeah, yeah. To, to make it. And we know the they're middle. listening, right? Yeah. Uh, concourses probably have some work to do. Not a lot of restrooms. Yeah, not a lot of restrooms. <laughs> not a lot of room to operate. Not either. a lot of room to operate. So, so restrooms, I think, is probably on the table. Sure, uh, it's probably got to be. Bring the troughs uh, back. I, I, <laughs> I think it would be, be a lot faster. <laughs> it's. I don't. I don't. I've never had a problem, but. There's always a line. There's and lines. That's, that's okay. Yeah. And, and the other things you're talking about are these these suites and these places to go during halftime, maybe before the game, maybe after the game. They've they've experimented with that, uh, and I think it's been successful. I think if they can carve out some space for that. They need and, more. And I, I think they can carve out some space for that, maybe for even for the general population. I'd love to see that. Maybe some revenue generation from, from alcohol sales. I mean, yeah. At least, uh, you know, not on the court, but maybe outside the court. I don't know what they're going to say. I want it on about. the court, too. There you go. <laughs> uh, and so maybe there's some opportunities there. But, like, a whole rethinking of the concourses, I think, is in the cards. For sure. That that adds up. And you, you mentioned the kind of high-dollar go, you know, halftime thing. You know, I think that it makes sense also to build something where 
people can stay come before the game, stay after the game. You know, there's revenue that's easy. What happens after a KU win? What do you want to do? You want to talk about KU. You want to be there with your buddies. You want to talk about what happened. And having an opportunity for that, even for the general public, to your point, would be nice. But to the, you know, the high dollar, you know, donor types, they want some exclusivity. And right now, there isn't much of an option for that either. So having a place for them to go and hang out with Wayne Samian would be nice too. So little things like that, I'm sure that are on the list. Wi-Fi, Andrew, get it on mm. the list. Get us some Wi-Fi. This is the year of our Lord, 2023. Come on, get us some Wi-Fi in Allen Fieldhouse. What else, Andrew? Air conditioning. That would be nice. There there has been some games recently that have been so hot. And that's good. That's great. That's a lot of people packed in, screaming. And they're all, all, you know, going crazy. I'm not saying that it's, like, necessary, but it does open it up for opportunities for maybe some revenue-generating things that they can do in in the the summer. In the summertime, yeah. In the summer. Yeah. and so, like, that's that's probably something. But anything that's, like, structurally changing, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to struggle with that. Anything that removes a lot of seats, what do you know? 16300 16300 Everyone knows that number. 16300 You start making that 15400 Mm, I don't like that very much. Oh, I just, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't want to go gonna, down. It's going to take me a minute to get to that. Uh, Andrew, one last thing. I, I just sell beer. Like, just sell beer. Like, what? how hard is this? And I think that the time is coming. I think West Virginia has gone that way. A couple other schools are have either gone that way or, or will be there. We weed in Missouri. We can gamble on sports while I sit courtside. Why can't we just buy a beer in Allen Fieldhouse? Before we close out on this, this segment and go to commercial, Kevin, I want to talk to you about one thing. What, what's something that you miss from, from the old Fieldhouse you know, that, may, that maybe will inform the, the university and how they make these changes. So, I mean, think back to when you were in college, probably around, what, like, 02 to 06-ish. You know, yeah. this was that was the transition from the old it style was. to the new. What do you miss? I want the students closer. Yeah. I like the students being on the court. There's something about that. They took some student seating away around the, around the side that made it, you know, put the students back further. One thing you see at other, other venues, the students are on top of you. And there's something about having the students on top of you uh, that's just a little bit tougher on the D, on, on, on opposing teams. I, I miss the students on top, and I miss the dancing nachos on the uh, on the old video board. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know they haven't played that on the board in, in a while. I'm like the, the old style, it I'm used to be. There was a, a whole host of folks who would 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 cheer when the dancing nachos video came up. It's. I think that the generations phased out where Remember, they're not Gatorade. placating them. Is it in you? No. Yeah, yeah. Like they had all the little things and even the little Gatorade logo that was all you know pixelated. All right, all right, there all right, Kevin. Let's let's get out of here. On the other side, we're going to talk about the Big Twelve and maybe do some some forecasting for Player of the Year, mm. first team, maybe all defensive team. I don't know. It's going to be some hard decisions other than Player of the Year. So join us. Uh, for another hour of Jayhawk Talk Radio on Sports Radio 810 WHB and ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM.
interesting year in the Big 12 as we look at the individual players. All of a sudden, you look around, and maybe this describes why the league has been what it is. You got a lot of upperclassmen. What? A lot of upperclassmen. We were kind of joking. We were thinking through who the next Kevin McCuller is going to be who's going to transfer to KU. And we started looking down, like, the top 25 scorers in the league. And, like, two were not seniors. It was crazy. No, it was super seniors. Super, super seniors. Senior, senior. NBA Red bound. Senior, NBA bound. Yeah. yeah, NBA bound. And then, like, a guy who's not coming, whoever that was. I can't remember who it was. Grady Dick, Keontae George. Uh, you know, that's the whole top 25 in the Big 12 will not be here next year. Yeah, pretty much. And so that – makes it interesting when you start talking about player of the year uh you might start talking about first team second team all big 12 all defensive team these are all players who have been around a minute which is just kind of kind of interesting i mean, i don't remember it like that in a long time usually it's a mix yeah. you know i think a lot of the there's been some one and dones there's sure. been some guys who've lasted a while you know maybe have worked them way up and they're seniors and they make the first team this year, it's all 23- or 24-year-olds, other than Jalen Wilson. Yeah. And Keontae George, potentially, and Grady Dick. Everybody else is, is you know, transferred a couple times uh, or just, just lasted long through the COVID exception. So, you know, uh, it, it'll be different. This this will be a very veteran-heavy awards season. And I think the first thing we want to talk about, Kevin, is – the player of the year in the Big 12. And ba, 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 ba. Is there any question? No. Is it home run, yes. bar none? It's over. The answer is? Jalen Wilson. It's over. He's first in points. He's first in rebounds. Yeah. That's only in, like just not even a question at this point. So, I mean, are there any other candidates? Will any other candidate receive a vote? I don't think so. I, I, I can't. I don't think anybody... If you're if if someone else receives a vote, they're doing it just to be dumb, at this point. I mean, if you want to be a stat nerd, and you want to be like, all right, I'm going to use only Ken Palm, like I'm going to only use the stats. Guess who's number one in there too? Jalen Wilson, on 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 Ken Palm, All Player of the Year. Like you cannot find an argument. The stats are there. The uh the the e- even if you think about efficiency numbers, which you're like, oh boy, he's a little off. Well, this the. Freaking Ken Palm still has him number one. Like, it's all there. Plus, team leader, they win the Big 12. All the things lead to Jalen Wilson. I don't think it's even a question. Okay, so if that is not a question. Not even a homer take. That's just an objective. Well, let's move on to the first team. I think this is a lot harder. This gets way harder. This is, like we've said before, this there's just not enough wins to go around. I think there's two in the Big locks. 12. I have two locks. Okay, two locks. So I think there's lots of candidates. I think in any other year, lots of these guys would be first team sure. worthy. We can only pick four more. So who are your two other locks? Right, well, Jalen's a lock, and then I think Marquise Noel is a lock. I think you're right. There's two guys from K-State who could be up there. I, I, I have a hard time believing that the voters, rightly or wrongly, and probably wrongly, will put two K-State guys on the first team. Two two guys probably deserve they might. It. but but you look at Marquise Noel, seventeen points a game, that's third in the conference. Seven point six assists a game, first in the conference with a bullet. Two point three steals a game, first. That's yeah. yeah. That, that that those are player of the year 
numbers if it wasn't for Jalen. And you can, if you're going to argue anybody, he's probably up there for like the next guy you could think about for player of the year just based on those just asinine stats. The other one that we'll just get to now is uh, Keontae Johnson. And that's the other guy from K-State. 17.6 points a game. That's second in the conference. Yeah. 7.1 rebounds a game. That's fourth in the conference. These are numbers that are going to be hard to ignore for first team for a first-team ballot. Yeah, 42% from three-point range, too. I mean, he's got, he's got, he's it, got, all. got it He's got it all. Uh, and high efficiency, he's right there, too. I, I, I personally have him on my first team as well. So you have, have Jalen Wilson of the of the Wildcats on there, that, and just think about who we're leaving off because of that. Well, I what know. has to happen? Let's talk about Marcus Carr. This is a Texas superstar. Remember that game in Allen Fieldhouse? His second half in Allen Fieldhouse was outrageous. Yeah, the dude took, the dude took off. He scored twenty nine points uh, to close the game, and we'll see him on Saturday down there in Austin. But he averages sixteen point nine points a game. That's fourth in the conference. He could be left off. He could be left off. Keontae George from from Baylor, uh, 16.3 points a game. That's sixth. And then that's not even the other two Baylor guys, LJ Cryer and Adam Flagler. Those were second-teamer guys last year. Are you going to leave them off? Here's guys who will probably get left off but shouldn't be. Eric Stevenson, Grant Sherfield, Grady Dick. Those guys will be left off of the either the first or second team. Well, there's one name that I think will decide a lot of this, and that's Mike Miles. What do the voters do with a guy who only played 21 games instead of 30 or 32 or 35 or whatever the number ends up being? Now, he'll obviously catch up a little bit, but not he'll still be missing eight or nine games against the field. And that that his numbers stack up to first team, no doubt. 18 points a game. If you if you if you count him in there, he's technically second in the league in, in, in scoring. A lot of people don't count him in there because he missed all those games. So. I think he probably deserves it, you know, but for the injury, he would be. So I think it will depend what happens with the voters on that particular issue as to who is left out. Right. And there's, there's, there's more to go. We didn't mention anybody from Texas Tech. I mean, think about how great they played on Tuesday. No O'Banner, no Harmon. These are names that are worthy. There's just no space. Yeah. No space this year. Sorry, boys. There's, you know, I, I think that, uh, the Baylor case is a tough one, too. It, Baylor kind of feels like KU teams often are. Absolutely. Where you have too many good guys to put on, and they all end up like second teamers because they don't. no one can separate themselves. Like, K-State, pretty concentrated on who is leading and who is scoring. Like, they benefit from having two good guys and a bunch of okay guys. Baylor's got a bunch of good guys. And so it's hard to just kind of differentiate yourself there. Will that hurt them? Will they get somebody? I personally think Keontae George should probably be first team, but he could be hurt by, you know, those other two fellows on his team kind of holding him back a little bit. Yeah, who knows? They could end up with three second teamers. And they it's probably possible. It happens. That happened to the uh, 2008 national championship team for KU. Yep. Just yep. no one got a first team, and it didn't really matter. It was more semantics. Worked and, out okay for him. Yeah, moving numbers around at that point. Let's talk about freshman of the year. I think there are two candidates, two, two names that we did mention. That's Grady Dick and Keontae George. Keontae George could get first team. But Grady Dick could win freshman of the year. Does that make sense? No. It's going to be George? <laughs> I don't know. I, this is a tough one because I think Grady has a chance to kind of play his way into that. Uh, there's still some ball to be to be played. 
he has slowed down a little bit in scoring, but his overall game has gotten better. So it's kind of this tricky, you know, what do you do with him? Keontae George is probably he'll probably win. Gonna win. Probably deserves it. I mean, Grady was probably right there if he if he kept the the scoring pace a lot uh, going, but uh, I think Keontae probably gets it, and I think you know he's obviously a close second. Let's move on to defensive player of the year. I think this is a little bit more difficult. A couple candidates from the Jayhawks I want to throw out there. Kevin McCuller sure. is a semifinalist for Naismith's Defensive Player of the Year. Dwan Harris, uh, those are the two attack dogs, right? Dwan Harris was yeah. on the all-defensive team last year. So those two could win it. I think the other two that you can look at from the rest of the conference, and that, of course, is... Uh, Marquise Noel, as we mentioned up top, uh, 2.3 steals a game. And he also was on the all-defensive team from last year. And then Musa Cisse from Oklahoma State, he averages two blocks a game. He is first in the conference in that. And he was the co-defensive player of the year last year. Hmm. So he is the returning title holder for defensive player of the year. I think Musa Cisse is probably got a stranglehold on this award but i could see them making some different decisions we'll see yeah we'll see i as much as people talk about what mcculler has done this season as much as people i mean that is the narrative around him is is defense and you give it to maybe someone who is on a team who probably deserves it a little more because of what the team has done uh, you know, obviously OSU, their their story's not over over yet. But uh, you know, I I think we this one might surprise us. All right, we've got one last one, important one, coach of the year. Mm. This is for the conference. This is Big Twelve. So I think a lot of these candidates that we'll talk about also will probably be up for national coach of the year. Of course, and we'll talk about Bill Self's case for national coach of the year. But conference is different. It's voted on by different people. It's voted on by people who've got a, a long history of voting on this award. Yeah, and so there's and they br- kind of know what they do, and they they bring this history with them. So a couple candidates I want to throw out there: Jerome Tang, sure, Bill Self, maybe Rodney Terry. Uh, there could be a couple. I mean, lots of candidates to consider here. I mean, I think at one point TJ Osterberger was right there, and I don't think that that's in the cards yeah. anymore. Not but anymore. I could see a scenario where. Uh, uh, Jerome Tang wins the conference coach of the year, but Bill Self wins the national coach of the year. Yeah, it's it's not crazy at all. I I personally think right now, I mean, Bill Self ain't winning the Big Twelve. It's crazy. He deserves it. Jerome Tang deserves it too. Like I don't want I don't want to undersell anything that Jerome Tang has done. He you know he's taken a roster that nobody thought was any good. I mean, they picked last in the Big 12. Like, the, the story is there. He deserves every, you know, every piece of of hardware that he theoretically gets. But you, you can have a similar argument for Bill Self. And Gary Parrish says this all the time from CBS. It doesn't matter that people thought you were going to suck before the season and you didn't suck because recruiting and having good dudes – and putting a team together is part of being a good coach. And undeniably, Kansas has had a better season so far, we'll see what happens, than K-State. And they lost just as much or as more than, than K-State did. And so that's 
that is, you know, whatever it is, that that's where it's at right now. Obviously, we'll talk about National Coach of the Year, but uh, I, I think you could go either way. Can you do co-coaches of the year? Uh, you can. They've done that before, and we're gonna we're gonna hit a commercial here. But when we get back, Kevin and I are going to make the definitive case for Bill Self as the National Coach of the Year right here on Jayhawk Talk Radio on Sports Radio 810 WHP and ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Wichita, 92.3 FM. Andrew, is Bill Self the National Coach of the Year? At least as we sit right now, before we go any further, is Bill Self your vote for National Coach of the Year? Depends on how you look at it. What's your, wanna, no, no, no. what's your criteria? My criteria is who's the best coach. Okay. So yes. Well, who did the best job? Who did the best job? Bill Self absolutely did the best job this why? year. Tell me why. Tell the folks at home why. Lost 75% of his scoring and is on his way, on his way to getting the number one overall seed. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but he's on his way. We're, we're on the path to making that happening. Bill Silva's got that team ready to go. And I think that that's an important thing. It's hard for Bill Self to win these awards because coaches are judged by context, yeah, you know, yeah. their own context. You know, it's it's an expectation game. The criteria seems to be your performance above your expectations in the preseason. And for Kansas, the expectations are always high. So it's not like the NFL MVP award, like Patrick Mahomes, where you just pick the best player who had a great season. It's, it's The criteria is closer to comeback player of the year yeah. award. And, you know, this is where you were, and you grew so much, and this is where you ended uh, above expectation. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's just how people vote on it. But Bill Self's got a little bit of that, too, this year. Not, not a ton of expectation because of so much turnover, but the results have been the highest of the high. The national media, and these are the people who really vote on this thing, right? have started all of a sudden in the past couple weeks Murmurs, talking a little, little, rumble, little bit of whispers little, hmm? about hmm. Bill Self being in this conversation. We heard this earlier, I think I think today, from Gary Parrish on this very subject. National Coach of the Year right now. He lost six of his top eight scores from a team that won the national championship, including two first-round NBA draft picks. And yet here they are. With 15 quadrant one wins, that's four more than anybody else in the country, projected as a number one seed in the NCAA tournament once again, and about to win a 17th Big 12 title in 20 years under Bill Self. We just gloss over that like, yeah, of course Kansas won another one. This is crazy. Think about this for a second. Mike Krzyzewski is widely regarded as the GOAT of men's college basketball coaching. He spent 42 years at Duke Mm. and won 13 regular season conference championships. In 42 years. That's the GOAT. Bill Self is about to get 17 in 20. That's outrageous and something I don't think will ever be duplicated again. And it's why Bill Self is on track to go down as one of the 
greatest college basketball coaches of all time. That's the stuff you only That's get from stuff. that man, Gary yeah, Parrish. Big time. Okay, you heard it from Gary. He says, outrageous, crazy, outrageous what Bill Self has done. And he's not, this isn't a lifetime achievement award. Like, I, I think some people are afraid sometimes to give an award like this to, like, a Coach K or to a Bill Self or whatever. But you can't separate the what what the guy has done over the course of time. It's almost like he's penalized for it. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair either. It's, it's got to be somewhere in the middle. And, look, I, you know me. I'm a... I feel like I'm a balls and strikes guy. I, I'm not here to rose colored glasses for Bill Self. I'm not a Bill Self stand all the time, but he deserves it. I think he deserves it. Now, there are other candidates. There are other guys out there who also, you know, have a, a logical explanation. You could tell, you could sell yourself a narrative. I want to ask you this, Andrew. Do you, th- you, you said you think he's your vote. Do you think he actually wins it? I don't. I think there's enough candidates out there. I think you should. I think that, like, Shaka Smart, great story yeah. at Marquette. Jerome Tang at K-State, I think great story. I think there's enough candidates out there. You know, I, I think that when you're Bill Self, people tend to think, well, he doesn't need this, right? This is an, an extra thing he doesn't need. There, it, They may be split. They, there's multiple There's coaches. a human element. There, there's a human. So there's... There's multiple awards. He maybe sneaks one of them, maybe snags one of them. I don't think it's a unanimous, but, uh, you know, it's it's going to be close. But if, if it's going to be anybody, you know, it's going to be Shaka. It's going to be Jerome Tang. Maybe even somebody like Rodney Terry. There's there's a lot of candidates out there. I, I, I would not put it over 50% odds that he wins, but he should. I think that's right. I, I, I would take the field myself. But, Andrew, like, here's one thing about Bill Self that, like, undeniably you can say – right now, that he's the best doing it. And if he's the best doing it, and what has changed since people started saying that? We lost Coach K. We lost Roy. We lost Jay Wright. We lost, you know, you could say Calipari in some ways. You could say Chris Beard. You could say Chris Beard. He's the best doing it. That all happened. Like, the the, the metrics changed. We reset the expectations starting a year ago. Well, now, if he's the best doing it, and he's had the best year, and he's the one seed, then, yeah, he there's an argument he deserves it right now. And why is he the best, Andrew? Because he has figured out, especially in the last 10 years, a way to adapt his coaching style, adapt his game plan management, adapt everything around the pieces that he has to a blueprint that's going to win with the dudes he has against the dudes on the other side of the court. He's got great game plan skills. He knows how to recruit guys who buy in to what he wants to do. We talked about this last week. He's the best button pusher in college basketball. And Andrew, he's got he's put together the best blueprint. And that's that's something that you I mean, you, I don't know what else you could say. We need a blueprint for March. Mm. What is the blueprint for success? And I want I want to go to this part too. What would be the blueprint blueprint for an early exit there's so I, I want to talk about here how do we win the national title how do the Jayhawks come home with the trophy or what would be the blueprint for us going home early so let's talk about what's what is it are we doing which one first are you gonna talk success or are you gonna talk failure let's do failure okay how, how do we go home how does how does this team come home early well I think we've seen Andrew the last few games examples of failure now they've won the game but 
it has been well let's let's do this let's let bill self talk about what especially after that west virginia game let's let him explain it i told our guys after the game you know i'm happy we won but if that was a second round ncaa tournament game our season would be over uh um, you know that's that's going to be an eight nine game which will be somewhat comparable to west virginia and 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 we'd be going home Uh, uh so hopefully we can learn from that so there's bill self saying Straight away after that West Virginia game, which was not a thing of beauty, Andrew. Now, a thing of beauty that they won the game. But what did you see in that game? We saw poor shooting. We saw our team take, like, force, like, six offensive fouls. I mean, guys were just set up, scouting report, when they drive, get in front of them, let them put a shoulder into you. You saw what Huggins was trying to do. And then, very quickly, not long after, you saw what... Texas Tech tried to do, and it wasn't that different. Now, they want to force you to make shots. When we do not make shots, we look more average. And when we look average, we start standing around a little bit. We don't move as well. The ball doesn't move as well. Body and ball movement. You hear him talk about that. Without the ball, what's going on? You're drawing your energy from what? You know, Allen Fieldhouse isn't going to be there. You're not going to have the crowd behind you. So you have to be able to. And here's, here's I think, where, where it lands, Andrew. You get cold on the three-point line, and you are not able to uh, – and, and on offense, you, you, are, you are reckless and not, not doing the things that have done uh, – have, have got us through to win games late. We've had some things go well for us late. Little things, right? A big defensive stop by Kevin McCuller. A massive defensive stop. A massive scrum and a lucky shot, whatever it is. We've had some things go well late. That may not always be there, so you need to put some separation and you need to actually bring what comes every day, and that is energy, defense, effort. And you hope, Andrew, that you're able to pull enough from that to get, to get some momentum on offense. Gosh, dang it, makes some three-pointers. If they don't, that's, that's a problem. And that 8-9 matchup and that West Virginia game, that's a good example. So let's talk about the blueprint for success. Yes, please. I, what, I, I would make it feel better. What, what are we going to need to do? What do the Jayhawks need to do? To, to win it all. And I think you can look no further than last year. That team last year won dirty. <laughs> won n- never pretty. And even in those first several games, no real blowouts other than Texas Southern at the beginning. Uh, that Creighton game was tight. Remember, Con- the ropes. You know, the second half against Miami kind of spurred the team on. Uh, but it was it was it was a battle the entire time, and I think you can look no further than this this win streak that the Jayhawks have had in the second half of the of the Big Twelve. And you've got six games, one in a row, and they've all been different games. It's not been the same style, the same thing that's had to happen, the same leading scores. It's been different things every time. You see Dwan Harris taking the lead. You've seen Jalen Wilson take the lead. You know, probably more than most. You've seen you've seen Grady Dick have some huge offensive spurts. So I think it's going to be you got to take what the other team's giving you. You got to be adaptive, and you got when things don't go well. You're right. We're not going to have Allen Fieldhouse there to prop up the team. Somebody's got to make a play. Couple guys to look to. Jalen Wilson. Maybe bowling ball offense, but go make a play. Dewan Harris, go make a play. Those are two guys that I think will be the most important on the offensive side or at least picking this team up 
when they're in the doldrums, when it's not working offensively, those two guys have got to drag us through March. I know how we win it all, Andrew. We make sure that Dwan Harris gets 10 points a game because that <laughs> stat has carried us through. He gets 10 points a game, we win. Every single game of his career, he's got 10 points or more, we win. That's easy. Get him 10 early points. Just clear it out for one. Let him shoot. And then what's going to just everything else will work out. Dwan can shoot. Dwan needs to shoot. Okay. Dwan should shoot. Okay. He can make them. I mean, okay. He can make them. He just needs 10. It's leadership, though. It's when you have adversity, what guys are going to take you through, what guys are going to get you, you know, all the way to the other side. And, and those are the two. So blueprint's really going to be how can Bill uh, get them going. Uh, that takes us to the end of the Big 12. We're looking mm. to March Saturday, the last day of the regular season, is anything at stake? It's probably a lot more than you might think, and we'll tell you why coming up on Jayhawk Talk Radio right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB and ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Nobody pray for me. It's been a day for me. Yeah, yeah. I remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances for nissing on them with some counterfeits, but now I'm counting this. Parmesan with my accountant lives. In fact, I'm down in this. Do say we are doing a taste of the analyst. Sports Radio 810 WHB, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Andrew, we have a big slate of games on Saturday in the Big 12. And, you know, a little bit of tear to my eye here. This has been. Such a fun regular season of Big 12 basketball. I kind of hate to see it go. Best show on TV. It's the best show on TV, Andrew. It is. Like, it's crazy. Every single game just is fun. Every single team is good enough to make it fun. There are no down teams. There are no down games. Anything can happen. So let's march through these final games on Saturday. Obviously capping with a pretty big one here. Kansas at Texas. So, what do we got first, Andrew? Well, let's let's talk about Iowa State at Baylor. A lot at stake here. A couple bits of news we want to talk about for Iowa State. Caleb Grill no longer with the team hmm. as of yesterday. Some shocking news coming out of Iowa State. Caleb Grill has struggled with some back injuries throughout the year, but has been a linchpin of sorts. I think when he has been injured and when he has when he has struggled himself. This Iowa State cycling team hasn't been as good. And so it was almost like this Iowa State team could get back to where they were in January if he was going to be at full strength. And now they're they're no longer he's no longer on the team. And they've really needed to stop the bleeding. They went two and six in February, go up against this Baylor team on Saturday. They seem to get energy in the Big Twelve tournament. A lot of fans travel sure. down from, from all over, but but Iowa and, and Ames. Hilton South. Hilton South is what they yeah. call it's what they call it. Uh, so they, they kind of need this regular season to be over with. Don't laugh at, don't laugh at them. Are you laughing at them? It's, no, at it's true. Uh, there's been times I've been at the Big 12 tournament where I've, at certain points, felt outnumbered. It's depending on what bar I'm in. A lot of fans and coming from. Them. I was just kidding. A lot of fans no, coming. So uh, Iowa State needs to stop the bleeding. And Baylor, you, you know, they're fighting for seeding. Not only in the Big 12 uh, but also in the NCAA tournament, they need to, want to, probably want to remain on the two line. 
Maybe have an outside shot to get to the one line, depending on what happens. So well, they're going to be. Uh, neither team's going to give up on this game. It, it does matter to them. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you mentioned Caleb Grill. Like they are already have been struggling to score the ball, and he is one of the guys who could actually kind of score the ball. Uh, maybe you know who knows. Maybe there was a maybe there's something that happened there. The team rallies around whatever the new version of that is. Ooh. Who knows? Ooh. Sometimes that happens. Like. You need a you need a, a change of you need some new blood you need a new change you need something to happen maybe maybe you need a players only meeting Andrew Ooh. you need something maybe this is the something maybe he was being a pain I know nothing other than he's off the team and that is weird at this time of the year very weird and maybe the skid can be uh, can can be narrowed down to just need a little change and and that could be it so uh, that should be a fun game though a really fun game uh, between uh, two teams that to your point they need it. The next game we want to talk about, K-State at West Virginia. If you remember, the first game between these two held in Manhattan in January went to overtime. Mm. This is before we knew K-State was who they who they became. This mm. was a, a game like, oh, K-State got out with one. That's a good win for them. And now it seems like that's, yeah, that should have happened at home. Uh, but K-State is looking possibly to creep potentially into the three seed in the Big 12. And they want to try to maintain or get to that two seed uh, in, in the NCAA tournament. And then West Virginia, as the Jayhawks saw on Saturday, is hungry. They're hungry. They did beat uh, uh, Iowa State on the road, which was, uh, you know, honestly, they, they had to have it, right? It was kind of was like had to have after losing to, to Kansas in that close close game. So they, they have a nice win coming off that. Angie, what if I told you that you see this game, K-State, West Virginia? Who do you think – I know you probably know the answer just because I'm asking it. Who do you think is rated higher on Ken Pong? It's West Virginia. West Virginia is higher than K-State on Ken Pong right now. How wild is that? You look at the two resumes. You look at the two, you know, where a team stack up, one on the bubble and one in a possible one seed if all things shook right. That's crazy. Could like, be out of the tournament. West Virginia could fall. Let's say they lose this game to K-State yeah. and, and then don't pick up a game in the Big 12 tournament. They could be, have a higher ranking than a potential one seed so in the crazy. NCAA tournament. It's, bonkers. it's a bonkers year here in the Big 12. But let's move on to the next one. TCU at Oklahoma. Not a ton of intrigue here. Yeah. But a couple things I want to focus on. TCU likely wants to showcase who they are with Mike Miles. Okay. They want them to forget, just close your eyes and wish away that middle of the season where they lost a bunch in a row without Mike Miles and show this is who we are. We're a great team with Mike Miles. Only pay attention to that. They may do that. They've given some credit to some injuries before. But if they lose to OU, they're probably not going to get that credit. Yeah, interestingly, guess what uh, Ken Palm has this line at right now? (laughs) See, anytime it's a home game, (laughs) it's going to be heavily favored. I would say TCU by one or two. That's exactly right. TCU minus one. You say no intrigue. But then you look down, and it's a damn coin flip. Like, it's crazy to see what happens. This is the Big 12 for you, man. A 50-50 game. Like a TCU who, again, is is safely in the NCAA tournament. And Oklahoma, who is very much not. And it's a coin flip game. It just goes to show, once again, uh, what this what this league is. And, and it matters. Both these It matters for both these guys. OU's playing for a postseason. They have a, they like, need it. Likely not NCAA, but not, not out of the question. They, you have to have a winning record. 
uh, to get into any kind of postseason, NIT or otherwise. And so they need to win. They they can't afford to go and stay below 500. So this is going to be an important one for the Sooners on Saturday. Got to win it. And the only other non uh, KU Texas game we want to focus on is Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. Similar to a couple teams here. Oh, Oklahoma State also has to stop the bleeding. Man. Just, I mean, talk about streaky. We're talking five-game winning streak, <laughs> followed by five-game losing streak. It's crazy. Solidly in, now probably solidly out, and they need some help, need some wins. If they don't get this one, it's going to be a struggle unless they do something in the Big 12 tournament. Is this a win and you're back on the right side of the bubble game for each of these teams? You got it. It'll be closer. Yeah. I don't think that they're in-in. I think it's almost a, it's almost a playoff in itself. Yeah. This is a huge game. This might be the biggest game in the Big 12. For for tournament purposes? For tournament purposes. Yes. This is almost <laughs> – it feels like a, a, what do they used to call it? Like bracket busters. Yeah. Like this is a – in-season Big 12 bracket buster. Back, bracket like, buster. this is an opportunity to get a good win uh, against another team that's in the same position as you. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, all right. Let's talk about this Kansas-Texas game. Okay. Big game. Big game in Austin on Saturday. If you remember back to February 6th, KU won. This is probably the best win of the season for KU in terms of resume. You know, if you're putting that up on the team sheet in your – Sheraton Conference Room on the NCAA Selection Committee. It's probably nicer than the Sheraton. Oh, who knows? It might be Sheraton. Yeah, who knows? We're not getting Sheraton in, in Indianapolis. I don't know where they hey, go. Hey, Sheraton, you want to be a sponsor of the show? I'll let you be a sponsor. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the Sheraton. Uh, and so KU won that game, 88-80. to 80. Marcus Carr, if you remember, had an absolutely outrageous second half. It, it ended with 29 points and completely, completely took over the game. Uh, but we're not playing this game. This game, the Jayhawks and the, the Longhorns, are not playing this game in Elm Fieldhouse. They're playing this game in the new Moody Center. Hello. This is uh, replacing the Irwin Center in Austin. The Irwin Center, you know, remember, was a 16,500 arena that was rarely full, yep. other than for maybe KU. They've, they've done what a lot of folks have, it's kind of a trend, you, you downgrade a little bit in terms of capacity. So their capacity, about 10,000. This makes Allen Fieldhouse the number one in seating, at least for another year, until BYU comes in next year. Uh, a couple other things I want to get to with Moody Center. This is just, just so everyone knows. The upper sections have seats. So it could be like a 15,000-seat arena. But they close those off. Hmm. They put up these giant panels, these acoustic panels, that are supposed to reflect the sound down onto the court. Hmm. How about that? I think it's worked. They've only lost one game this year. Yeah. There's that weird one to K-State <laughs> right at the beginning of the year. The K-State won 116-103. to Kevin, what do you think? I, I'm looking forward to this game, mostly, Andrew, because we already know everything we need to know, that Kansas has a ring. Kansas has a shirt. Kansas has a hat. This game is still, though, you've won seven in a row. You're looking for eight in a row. You're looking for that continued momentum into the uh, end of the tournament, into postseason play. What better than to go on the road and solidify, I think, 
an overall number one seed on the spot. That would do it. You win this game. You probably already should have it, but and you win a couple in the Big 12 tournament. You probably do have it, but this locks it up. And if you're talking about what you're playing for, man, you're playing for you're playing for that at the end of the day. Let's lock it up. Let's lock in Kansas City again. We're gonna come back to Kansas City. I'll, if you know, we got Des Moines, KC. I love, you know. If there's anything you need to cheer for, if there's anything you need to go, you know, be hyped up for, it's ruining a senior night, <laughs> <laughs> and it's making sure that you're you're locked in in KC. It's gonna be a battle. Yeah. Texas wants this too. Big Twelve aside, these teams are fighting for number one seed. These teams are fighting to get the best position possible to win a national title game. Not th- people talk about, you know. This game could have been a Sweet 16 game. This game could have been an Elite Eight game. This could be a national title game. Yeah. This could be a national title. These two teams could go against each other in a national title. It's going to be that type of game. It wouldn't be shocking to see that here in six weeks. So, you know, gear up. It's going to be a fun one down there in Austin. One more segment, Kevin. And this is, this is probably pretty important. Mm. Kevin and I are calling a fans-only meeting. You've heard about these players-only meetings. We're calling a fans-only meeting. If there's one segment you listen to in this whole show, <laughs> this is it's it. this one. That's coming up next on Jayhawk Talk Radio, Sports Radio 810 WHB, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. We are back for our final segment, Jayhawk Talk Radio. And Andrew, this is very important. If you are listening out there, I need you to pull over in your car. I need you to put down your phone. I need you to make sure that you step away from the family. Because we are calling a fans-only meeting right now. Not to be confused with an OnlyFans meeting. (laughs) We're talking about a fans-only meeting. You have heard... Of famous players-only meetings, Andrew. You, you know what I'm talking about here. Where you call a players-only meeting, you kick out the coaches, you kick out the managers, and you, you get a tight huddle, and you start talking about what you need to do to change. Right now we're kicking out the players. So Jalen Wilson, we know you're listening. <laughs> get out of here. Grady Dick, we know you're listening. Go back to playing Call of Duty. <laughs> Bill Self. No, go practice your sand game or something. This, <laughs> this is not meant for your ears. This is meant for only fans, fans only. Get it right, fans get only. Right. Get it right. Uh, these next few minutes are are meant to get the fans' head right heading into March. It's March second. We need to get a baseline. We need to get focused on what has to happen in March. Yeah, and look if if you are. If you're listening again, I, I need your undivided attention. First of all, like we, what does every fans only meeting need? You need, you need to have someone who's kind of leading the leading the pack. You need someone who's willing to kind of bring everybody in and make sure. Hey, I need your attention. You need the leader in the clubhouse. Call to order. Call to order. Andrew and I are doing that right now. So we got the gavel. We're banging it right now. This is this meeting is is is, is underway here. All right, March second, we're uh, going to call this meeting to order. First order of business. We got to get our heads right. Okay. We got to get our heads right. And I think 
when you come to big events in your life that need focus, it's all about sacrifice. For sure. What are you going to give up this March? Is it going to be, are we asking you need to give up time with your family? Maybe. <laughs> are you going to need to travel to Kansas City? I think that's I think that's what we're saying. I think I think that's what we're saying. I think your voice, the person, yes, I'm talking to you listening in your car, <laughs> at home, whatever it may be, you listening, your loudness in Kansas City may be the difference between Kansas cutting down the nets in the Big 12 tournament and not. I think it's it's, it's really up to you. Do you want to be the one who didn't give it all? Do you want to be the one who didn't show up and and give everything you got? Like, no one wants to be, though. If, if you're going to be that one, you might as well leave. Like, you might as well just step out, turn this off, leave, leave, whatever it is. It's not, we're not interested in you anymore. But if you're, look, if, if you're willing to give what it takes, you could be part of something special here. You know, no one wants to be part of the fan base that doesn't win. <laughs> you know, you, you don't want to think back and th- think, oh, that was the one. That was the one who couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. Let's not let it happen this year. Yeah. You don't want to show up late uh, toward the end, have a little injury, not play through it. You don't want to be the point of the season where you've been great all season and you just you might start thinking about that trip coming up. You might start thinking about the Masters. You might start thinking about, hey, it's summer. You know, Once we get through March, boy, it starts really warming up. No, no, no. We're not thinking about any of that stuff because it is time to focus. March Madness is here. It is incumbent upon you, listener, to make sure that you are giving all that you have. And that means waking up in the morning. First thing you need to do, check the lines. (laughs) 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 I'm being honest here. You can do that now. Yeah. Check the lines. Make sure that you have a rooting interest on every game on television that matters. That's kind of important. Uh, But more than anything, particularly if you fashion yourself a Kansas basketball fan, I think you need to come to Kansas City. I, I think you need to go to Des Moines. I think you need to, you know, if all things go right, you need to go back to Kansas City, spend the money, forget the family vacation, whatever it is, second mortgage, you have to do it. You know, there's, an, there's an old saying, and I don't know if you've heard this saying. Hmm. There's an old, old saying that uh, God created spring break so you could travel to watch basketball. <laughs> have you heard that old <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. you're given – an excuse. It's called spring break for a reason. Yeah. You don't need to go to Florida. You don't need Why? to go anywhere else. You need to go and follow your team. You need to go to Des Moines, Iowa. You need to go to <laughs> Des Moines, what Iowa. You need to do. The Wells Fargo Center <laughs> like we've been saying. is calling your name. <laughs> you know what? If you have to, you can bring the family. I mean, that's the other thing. You can bring the family up there. There's nothing wrong with that. Get yourself a tasty taco. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Get yourself a made right. Look, Des Moines right. is calling. At the end of the day, Andrew, all we're asking is that if you are a fan of the Jayhawks or any program, you need to, right now, focus your energy where it's important. And that means planning your PTO, planning your situation at work that allows you to watch games at your desk. You need to start planning now. You need to make sure that you're booking Big blocks of time in the middle of the day on Thursday and Friday and the next week on Thursday and Friday. You have to do this now. Don't wait until the end. You have to do it now. And there are some tips out there for you if you're if you're 
you know, in a position where you're struggling with that. You know, these days they make little earbuds that work pretty well. You can you could be teaching a class up there. Just have a little earbud and listen to Brian Haney on uh, on A10 Sports Radio WHB. You you can have a chance to still, you know, in your situation, whatever that is, still be able to participate in March Madness. All I ask of you is that you just give it your all. That effort you've been making all season, it's not going to be enough. <laughs> you got to do more. We're going to need more from you. So, I mean, I'm going to call this this meeting to a close. I think we've got everybody on the same page. Yeah, I think so. I think we're, we're leaving here refreshed. I feel good. We're, we're leaving here feeling good. Okay. If, if the players want to start listening again, they can. Hey, come, Bill, come back, Bill, you can come back. Bill, you can come, come back in. and listen. You can, you can listen hey, to this Grady, last part. You can, you can finish up your game. Yeah, how's, how's your KD ratio? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's, he's going to stay. He's in the middle of it. He's in the middle of the game right now. He's playing with his cat. <laughs> so, Kevin, let's, let's finish up here. We've got Texas on Saturday. We've got the Big 12 tournament next weekend. Uh, starting starting on Wednesday, starting on Wednesday, and we're going to keep you all up to date on, on when we're going to be on the air next. It's going to be a big week, lot going on, but we're going to get back with you. You know, Selection Sunday is a week from Sunday. Oh my gosh, Kevin! Yeah, yeah. I I personally don't think I have my head right for that yet. Like it's just it's come so fast, Andrew. It's here, and now now you have to like this. This meeting was really good for me. To be honest, like to get some of that out, because now I believe it. We we needed to have it. We, we needed, needed to have we it. needed to all come together and have that. Yeah, you know, a little, little heart to heart. So, Andrew, we will be bringing uh, a show sometime next week. We will be coming. We'll, we'll let you know what that looks like. Uh, it will be uh, just ch- check us out on eight ten. You can see it on uh, social media. You can see it on uh, Jayhawk Talk, and we will be. Uh, bringing you something. We're not sure quite what yet because we got some things to work out. There's a lot going on next week. Andrew, A-10 is going to have a lot of tournament games on. Obviously, they'll be down at the Power and Light District. We will be down at the Power and Light District for sure. So one way or another, we want to catch up with you guys down there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Before we get out of here, Andrew, what is your favorite? Do you have a favorite place down in Power and Light to make sure you catch a Catch a drink and catch some KU fans. Whatever I can get into. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's probably the the point. I, I think I've been in them all. Johnny's is my favorite. Though. Well, yeah. Go, go but on. but really, the whole atmosphere of the Big Twelve tournament in Kansas City makes it feel like why would anyone do anything else with this tournament? There's always been some rumors that it may leave and they may try to do something else with it. But I challenge anyone to come up with something better than what we have. And what, but what this city is able to provide. Well, I can tell you, Brett Yormark heard that and said, I raise you Fat Joe. I raise you Shaq Diesel. I raise you, who is the other one? Jordan something or other? Yeah, Jordan, Jordan, Sparks. Jordan Sparks. Jordan Sparks. I raise you Jordan Sparks. Down, and now, just so, just so I know, is this going to happen out in like the, the live area of the power line or is this in the stadium? Do you know? I think in Fat Joe is going to perform in one of those nightclubs. Oh, man. And then I'm not sure. I, I Maybe it's happening in the middle on some of the other We're going to figure this out. Yeah. We'll have this all figured out eventually. <laughs> this is new to us. So Brett Yormark is bringing uh, this into the 21st century, of course, with Shaquille O'Neal and Fat Joe. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Well, maybe not quite. This other one is Bape Clothing. I have no idea what he's doing there. <laughs> I'm going to trust him to get it done, though. Uh, Kevin, got a minute left. I'm going to close here. 
with some predictions. Let's do it. Okay. Bracket Matrix has KU as a consensus number one seed, but not the number one overall. Lenardi has us a number two going to Kansas City. Jerry Palm from CBS. Number three overall and going to New York City. Mm. What seed do we get? One. And where? And what What overall? One through four. I think when push comes to shove, the selection committee will look themselves in the mirror and figure out pretty quickly that they made a mistake early on when they said that we were the fourth number one seed with all those quad one wins, especially following it up with a Texas victory on Saturday. I think KU is the number one overall seed, and they got a path through Kansas City if they make it there. What I'm hearing you say is that the selection committee is going to have a committee-only meeting, <laughs> and they're going to look at each other in the mirror and say, the effort that we made in Make the middle of sacrifices. February, the effort we made was not enough. Not enough. Not enough. We need to focus. It's about time they did something. We need to realize what's most important in making our selections, and we're going to make the right decision this time. I appreciate that. It's about time. Well, let's get out of here, Andrew. Thank you so much for listening. Jayhawk Talk Radio. Cannot wait for this next week. Oh, my God. Happy holidays to all of you, to you and yours. Happy March, Andrew. Let's get out of here. Again, thank you to 810. Thank you to our friends in Wichita. We appreciate everybody listening. We can't wait to talk to you again, hopefully, with some more good news about the University of Kansas. Rock Chalk.